word together last time, I shared with you his name, Adonai. It was used over 360 times. It means master, owner, or Lord. It's the loving personal name between God and man. It is the love language and love communication between the adored and the adorer. He is to be adored and worshipped for his majesty and greatness. Adonai is an expression of honor to God and an attitude of submission and humility, revealing faith and trust and confidence, security and grace. And we stud- did some study. You can go back and listen to, to it on, uh, on uh, the line or you could get this CD. But we were talking about one of the things was Moses used the name Adonai, but he really wasn't submitted to God. It's one thing he said, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You tell me what you know what I want to hear, but then you do the opposite. And when you use the name Adonai, you're saying, Lord, I'm in total submission to your will, what you have for me to do. I totally submit everything I have, all my possessions, Abraham, everything he had, he gave it to the Lord. I just give you my todays and my tomorrows. I submit into your hand. It's such a personal relationship. And yet it said that God got angry with Moses because Moses said, after he, he says, Adonai, Adonai, I cannot do what you're asking me to do. And God got angry because how can you call me master, but yet you're denying me your, your life for my will. And so it's one thing to say master and Lord. It's one thing to bow our knees and say he's Lord if we don't do the things he asks us to. And one of the scriptures we didn't get to, I want to look at it in Jude. I want you to see this in Jude verse 3. And it uses the definition of Adonai here. And I want to read this. Jude chapter 3 in the New Living Translation. Jude, not chapter, but Jude verse 3 says, Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write you about something else. Urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once and for all to his holy people. Man, when you read that, isn't that a wake-up call that we're called by God to, to defend the faith? Not to give in to politically correct, not to give in what people are trying to pressure us to give in to, but to defend the faith. Defend that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. Defend that to the death. That he died on the cross and the third day he rose from the dead. That is the truth. That the word of God is total truth. There is no falseness in it. We defend the faith. He says in verse 4, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying, God's marvelous grace allows us to live in moral lives. Flaky grace. That the grace of God, you know, is with you, but it's okay to live any way you want to. How can you call somebody master if you don't do the things they want you to do? And he's saying, he's saying, he's giving a warning here. He says, be careful of this watered down grace that you can live any type of life you want to. And it's okay. The condemnation of such people was ordered long ago. For they have denied, and listen to what it says here. Our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Say that with me. Our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. That's a definition of Adonai. He is our Lord and our Savior. And I love the message translation which says, our one and only master. A man, Jesus himself said, a man cannot serve two masters. Cannot serve two lords. I'm either the Lord and your master or other things are. I want to be a total ownership. 
And that's one of the things that Apostle Paul taught many times about selling out totally to God and giving God everything and letting him be owner of everything. There's another definition I want to give you, and then we'll go forward. But in Psalms chapter 100, Psalms chapter 100, starting with verse 1, this is just a good definition of Adonai here. Psalms 100 verse 1, and David taught us to praise God. It says in verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Can I hear anybody give the Lord a shout tonight? Yeah, there you go. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Can I hear a minute? Gladness. I got up and prayed that intercession last night. David said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us be joyful to go to the house of the Lord. Thank God for coffee. Thank God for what you need to wake up. But thank God we can get to church and we can have a good time. Can I hear an amen? amen. So he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Man, it's, it's great to serve God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Participation. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 God is not looking for ventriloquist here. He's looking for people to sing to him. Verse 3. Listen to this now. Know that the Lord, he is God. Know. You know it. You're persuaded about it. Nothing can change your mind. Nothing can persuade you any other way. God is God. He is Lord. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. I cannot control myself. I belong to him. We are the people, the sheep of his pasture. Do you hear David reminding Israel, who do you belong to? Don't forget who do you belong to. Don't forget in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Don't forget that the Lord, he is God. He is owner. He is master. Don't forget that you belong to him. Verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. How many of you, that's a short chapter, but boy, that, that is a good chapter. Can I hear an amen? Just to meditate on that. So when we look at the names that we've already learned, oh, we could go in it this way. All the names so far can be summed up. You are God of all the earth, the heavens. You're the God of all gods, the Lord of all lords. You're the almighty one. You're just. You're the judge. You're eternal. You're holy. You're the God of salvation. Salvation. You're the living God. You're the one who spoke in the fiery furnace. You're the one who freed the captives and brought them into prosperity. You gave the water from the rock. You're always near. You're trusted. You're the God of mercy. You're my God, my strength, and my Lord. You're the God that sees and you're the God that knows. How many know we cannot but be victorious with a God like that? Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, since we're right there in Psalms 100, just look at Psalms, one, look, look at Psalms 91. Psalms 91. And I want to share another name. This is an awesome name. What, I was thinking, what a name to end the year with and, 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 and get to meditate on for the new year. So I just want you to get your faith out here. Psalms chapter 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Somebody shout out Almighty. Almighty. You may have a Hebrew Bible, but the name there, Almighty, is El Shaddai. El Shaddai, 
The first word is E-L, which means the almighty powerful one. It's all of that is in that word L. And then Shaddai is a God who is more than sufficient, more than enough. And David is talking about he that dwells in the secret place of Elohim shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. And it goes on to talk about how God is able to deliver. So if you're taking notes tonight, we want to talk about the omnipotent all-powerful name of El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. It's used over 218 times in the Old Testament. It means that he is a God who can never and will never be conquered. Can I hear an amen? amen? My Father, I praise you right now that you are unconquerable. It speaks, uh, when it speaks of El Shaddai, the image is a mountain indicating its strength. And I was thinking this morning as we've received letters from Argentina, we lived in the Andes Mountains. We lived in a valley that was called Huhui, and it was 4,000 feet above sea level. And then there was the mountains that you could drive to that would bring you up to 6,000 feet that surrounded the city. But then when there was no clouds, there was the mountains that went over 20-something thousand feet, and they were snow-capped almost all year round, and those were the Andes Mountains. But the clouds had to be gone So you could see those mountains, and those were the most beautiful days. But you would see all the different sets of mountains, and the lower mountains would be covered in green. But then the high mountains were nothing but rocks because they were so high. And it calls that Huhui, the smaller mountains were in the shadow of the larger mountains. And that when it talks here about being in the shadow of the almighty God and is the image of a mountain. In other words, when the enemy comes after you, he would have to go through the mountain to get to you because you're protected in the hands of God. That word Shaddai means the mountain of his greatness and his strength. It speaks of his everlasting nature. And it speaks about no power nor foe can withstand the power of El Shaddai. Look at me in the book of Job chapter 22. And we see an explanation here in Job chapter 22. Somebody say El Shaddai. El Shaddai. See, you know Hebrew, don't you? El Shaddai. Verse 21. And, and this is a good teaching here. And it speaks about uh, Adonai. Then it goes into El Shaddai. But in verse 21, it says, submit to Adonai, submit to God, and you will have peace. Boy, that's a message right there. Why don't I have any peace? Who are you submitting to? Are you submitting to money? Are you submitting to job? Are you submitting to the mother-in-law? Who are you submitting to? It says, submit to God, and you will have peace. Then, listen to this. This is so important. Then things will go well for you. Boy, that scripture is something to note right there. Why aren't things going well for me? Usually I don't want to tell them nothing, but it says right here, if you're submitted to Adonai, you will have peace and things will go well for you. So, Father, where in my life have I not given into your hands and where have I not submitted? Do you know that if you continue to give that child to God and then continue to take that child back, you're causing that child to be submitted to you and not to God when you take them back? You've got to give that child to God. You've got to give that boss over to God. If you go talking to somebody else about what you're going through with your boss and you've already submitted him to God, then you're taking him back and you're submitted to the circumstances. You've got to give it to God and leave it in his hands. Submit to God and you will have peace and things will go well for you. Verse 22, listen to his instructions 
and store them in your heart. Verse 23, here we go. If you return to El Shaddai, you will be restored. If you return to the Almighty or El Shaddai, you will restore, be restored. So clean up your life. If you give up your lust for money and throw your prestigious gold into the river, then El Shaddai himself will be your treasure and he will be your precious silver. Then you will take delight in El Shaddai and look up to it, God. Then you will pray for to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows to him and you will succeed in whatever you choose to do. And the light will shine on the road ahead of you. Now, is that some powerful scriptures or something? Boy, that is something that you can just meditate on for days right there. Reading it, examining it. What area of my life am I not submitted totally to, to what the Lord would, would have me to do? It means that God is all sufficient. He's eternally capable. Somebody shout out capable. He's capable in any given situation or circumstance around his children. El Shaddai means that God is in control. How many of you believe that? It, it, now, it talks about something here. Uh, let's look at this. In Isaiah chapter 49, El Shaddai is used in the form of Shaddai in, Psalms, in Isaiah 49. And I want you to read this so I can explain it to you. Psalms 49 verse 15. Yeah, Isaiah, help me out here. Isaiah. See, I'm still thinking in Hebrew and y'all can't catch up with me. So Isaiah 49 Isaiah 49, verse 15. Can a young woman forget her nursing child? And the mother say? And the mother say? No. no. And not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. The word Shaddai means the breasted one. And I know you're trying to think, now, what, what, what are you talking about, the breasted one, that you, you're talking about God here, and the word Shaddai, and you're talking about the breasted one, and, and, and the El means a great and powerful, many-breasted one. And you go, what are you talking about that? In the Hebrew, Shaddai, the breasted one means this. God has what you need to quiet you down. And cause you to sleep. Or in other words. When a baby's crying at night. The only thing that can quiet that child. Is the breast of its mother. When the child is crying. The only thing that over, can overcome the need of that child. And while that child is crying. Listen to this now. While that child is crying out for without even having the words to tell its mother what it needs. The mother automatically knows what it needs and how to comfort that child with what it has. And in Hebrew, when the mother is giving her breast to the child, the mother has dominion over the cry of the baby. And when you come to know God in that type of way, that the Holy Spirit has given unto us, that when we don't know how to pray for ourselves, there is, shots, there is cries and there is groans and there is moaning that come out of us that we cannot explain exactly how we're feeling. But El Shaddai has what we need to cause what's making us cry, calm down and give us the comfort that we need. 
It's when God has the sword. It means the nourishing and strength that a mother provides its child with anything that it needs. Whether it's blessings in the spiritual or the natural realm. It's the one thing you need to quiet your child. And this is part of the definition of Shaddai as we get into it tonight. It speaks of the breast that satisfies what we lack or the God who satisfies what we need. And in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, somebody shout out with God. But with God, whatever you're crying for, whatever you need, whatever you haven't had provided yet, it's possible with God. And so we've got to remember that everything is possible with God, with El Shaddai. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to see something here. Let's look at Genesis where this name is revealed for the first time. And we're going to go through just a few minutes of a study here. In Genesis chapter 18, I want you to see something real important. Genesis 18 Verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Because God said, you're going to have a child. Verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, and my Lord being old also? And the Lord, or Elohim right here, said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, I will surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for El Shaddai? Come on. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, Oh, no. But you did laugh. You doubted me and you doubted what I promised you I could do. And if you go back to chapter 15, verse 2. Chapter 15, verse 2. It says, Abraham replied, because the Lord said, that I'm going to give you a reward. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you have given me no children... And it talks about his servants and so forth and so on. His servants will inherit the wealth. Verse 3, you have given me no descendants of my own, so no one of my servants will be my heir. Verse 4, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, now listen to what God's getting ready to do. Paint him a picture of, of who El Shaddai is. Look up to the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you have. Can you imagine telling somebody who, who never had a child all of a sudden, just look at the stars and count them? And Abraham, look at verse 6. Listen to this now. And Abraham believed. Somebody shout out, Abraham believed. Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord accounted him as righteous because of his faith. He believed it. He believed it. So all of a sudden, like so many of us, he had an encounter with God. Man, he had a prophetic word. He had a, a vision. He had a, a painting. He had the book. He had a CD series. He had everything he needed to go forward with his life. And so his 15, he gets the word from God in verse 15. But look at chapter 16. Chapter 16, um, verse 16. Look what happens here. Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. He was how old? 86 when Ishmael was born. God revealed himself to Abraham 
as Adonai and Elohim. Well, guess what? Abraham didn't see God as the provider of everything and anything that he would ever need to do what God needed to be done. So when you don't have a clear vision of El Shaddai, guess what you do? Listen to me, church. Guess what you do when you don't have a clear vision of all that God is in the form of El Shaddai? You take matters into your own hand. You listen to the instruction of other people to take Hagar because Sarah said, God said he was going to give you a descendant. It's surely, certainly not going to be. Elohim's not going to give you descended by me. I'm an old lady, you're an old man. But take Hagar here, go to the tent with her, have a baby with her, and then you'll have a descendant. Sounded okay with Abraham. Abraham's not going to say no. Abraham listens to the counsel of his wife instead of listening to God. He only believes God in the form of Elohim. He, he takes matters into his own hands. He lies to get out of circumstance. He does different things to try to get to where he needs to go, not trusting in God as all sufficient and all that I need to trust. All I need in this matter is God. But Abraham doesn't believe that. Abraham's faith's not there, so he takes Hagar takes things in his own hands he goes gets the loan he goes becomes partner with this other person he does whatever he has to do to get something done but he doesn't come to know God as El Shaddai till 13 years later somebody say 13 how do you know that he was 86 say 86 he was 86 years old when Ishmael was born chapter 17 verse 1 when Abraham was 99 somebody say 99 here we go. 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. He says, okay, you've taken matters into your own hand. You're almost counseling everything because you're trying to figure out how to do it. And you're coming up with another way of doing it when my way is the only way this needs to be done. He says, I'm going to reveal something to you. He was quiet for 13 years. You've done things your own way. You've, you've figured things out with your own mind. You've, gone, you've done all this stuff that you wanted to do. So he was quiet for 13 years. Then he finally came and he says, okay, I'm going to reveal another name to you. I'm El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. And I'll make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to you the countless descendants for 13 years, Abraham did things his way. However, he figured or Sarah figured they could work it out. God comes back and says, I told you your descendants were going to be like the stars, but you took matters into your own hands, and I left you alone for 13 years. But now I'm coming to you. I'm going to reveal to you that I'm the all-sufficient one and that it's going to be done my way so that I can get all the glory. I didn't ask you and Sarah how to figure out how to have a baby. I just told you to trust that I would give you an heir. But to have that type of faith, you're going to have to come to know me as El Shaddai. Faith is believing in him and his word and for the impossible. Can I hear an amen? amen. Ishmael means flesh. And what do we do? Listen to this. This is, this is for everybody. Whatever we do in our flesh, we're going to end up paying for it. However we want to help God out, we're going to end up paying for it because we're in the flesh instead of staying in the spirit. What did Paul say? The spirit is life, but the flesh is what? Death. 
Ishmael means flesh because Abraham conceived it out of his own idea and his own plan in his own way. Isaac means joy because it was done by only God himself. What couldn't have been done before. Can I hear an amen? And you know what happens when you do something in the flesh, for example, buying the wrong car, buy the wrong house, or marry the wrong person? You can't get rid of it. When you do something in the flesh, you don't do it El Shaddai's way, you end up, you can't get rid of it, and it ends up becoming a thorn in your flesh because you did it in the flesh. When we end up trying to fix things our way and we try to end up doing things our way and we walk according to our own understanding, guess what? We make a mess of it. And what we make a mess of while we're in the flesh, we can't hardly get rid of it afterwards. God says, okay, you did it in the flesh. You're going to have to live with it. I'll see you in 13 years when I'll tell you who I am and what I can do. And maybe then you can trust me that I'm going to do this and it's going to be a supernatural miracle. And then you're going to have your descendants. You do it in the flesh. You're going to have obstacles. When you see God as El Shaddai, you'll quit running. You'll quit, you'll quit seeking other ways, and you start seeking to do it God's way. You totally end up being totally submissive to him. Now, look, let's, there's a story about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. Paul wrote about him, and we want to see this, because this is what happens when you get a revelation of El Shaddai in Romans chapter 4. Man, we've got an awesome God. And he knows what he's doing, and we've got to follow him. Yeah. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary, and the promises are pointless. For the law always brings punishment to those who try to obey it. Because then they end up just trying not to avoid it. Verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him. I have made you the father of many nations. This happens because Abraham believed in God. Listen to this now. He believed. Now here he's got a revelation of El Shaddai. He believes in the God who's able to bring the dead back to life again. Now get this. He believes in the God who brings the dead back to life again and creates new things out of nothing. He got a revelation of El Shaddai. What gave him Isaac or joy? He got a revelation of the God who brings the dead to life again. And creates new things out of nothing. Even verse 18 says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept on hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. It goes on talking about he never wavered. He grew stronger and more convinced that God was going to give him a child. This is the power of getting to know El Shaddai. Now get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. Elohim, as we've studied, created everything. Amen? Everything was created by Elohim, God Almighty. But what's awesome about the name El Shaddai is that is the name that God uses to say, I can override anything and any way created by Elohim, me, Elohim. I can override that law. 
and I can make it work because I'm the one who is all sufficient to make it work. I'll give you an example. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 10, looked at the sun and said, Son, stand still. And El Shaddai broke the law of Elohim who spun everything in its place. El Shaddai overran the law of God Elohim and stopped the earth on its axis. And the sun stood still for a whole day. Why? Because El Shaddai can make living things dead and dead things living. El Shaddai can make, he can create what is not created. For example, it takes three and a half years for wine to be fermented. Jesus turned water, El Shaddai turned water into wine in a second. What takes natural three and a half years according to Elohim's law was done in a second by the overriding power of El Shaddai. And so Abraham got a revelation here that says, I may be dead in my body and Sarah may be dead in her body. And Sarah might have laughed about this conception behind the curtains. And we might have tried to figure it all out on our own and how we're going to help God out. But the truth of the matter is, even though her body and my body is dead in the natural, El Shaddai can overrun the law of death and create the law of life. And where there was death, he can now create life. And when there was lack, he could create abundance. And when there was nothing, he can create anything out of nothing because he's El Shaddai. So as he got a hold of that, he grew more and more convinced. Now that I've got a revelation of the creator, the all-sufficient one, the one who doesn't need Hagar or Sarah telling me what to do or doesn't need this one or that one, the God who just says, trust me, believe me, and let me do it my way, and I can use that which is totally impossible and create for you a job, create for you a miracle, create for you a womb, create for you whatever's missing in your body to where you don't have to have a womb and ovaries to have a baby. I can just cause a baby because I did it with Mary to be conceived supernatural because I am El Shaddai I don't have to do it man's way I don't have to do it the created way I can override and I can do it my way says God do you see that and so we're trying to how we're going to help God how we're going to do this he says chill baby I don't care if you're a hundred years old I don't care if Sarah's a prune I made man out of mud I stopped the earth on its axis for a day. And scientists even know there's a day missing in the history of this earth. I can do anything. I can cause Peter to catch a fish and there's gold in its mouth to pay his and my taxes. I can tell them to take the net out once again. And when they said, we fished all night and there's no fish, you listen to El Shaddai, it's going to sink your boat with how many fish there is. And you'll have to call your partners in. And so if we take a hold of this all-sufficient, the many-breasted one, the one who supplies our needs, the one who can create something out of nothing, the one who can all of a sudden, like for example, (laughs) let me tell you this. The man who got saved tonight, whose wife was a witch, can I tell you something else too? He was supposed to be at work. But they called him and they said, we just want to give you a week off. Come in next week. 
Because he was supposed to cancel his appointment today. But they called him this morning and they said, no, we don't want you at work. We want you to have a week off. So because they gave him a week off today, he could keep his appointment with me this afternoon because God wanted him to be saved. So God, he says, my bosses don't let nobody off with the type of job I have. But I got off today because God wanted me here to say the prayer of salvation and get saved today. Why? Because God is the God that overrides the rules. So listen, if you are in a court case, I'd be praying to El Shaddai. If you need something supernaturally to change for you, it's El Shaddai. If you need something to just all of a sudden turn around, it's El Shaddai. He's the all-sufficient one. It doesn't matter what laws have already been made. God can change those laws and God can make it work. God can make water come out of the rock or he can make it come out of a dead fossil, the jawbone of a donkey. And then after Samson killed a thousand warriors with the power of Almighty God, then refresh him by drinking enough water out of a jawbone of a donkey to refresh him to continue on and do what he has to do. Only our God can do something like that. And when people say, I don't understand this thing about Noah, I don't understand these stories, and I don't understand, how can you believe in this fairy tale stuff? It's because you're believing as a fairy tale, but we got a revelation of El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, the God who can make anything out of anything or nothing, the God who cannot the God who overpowers the laws of creation everything made and causes it to work for on your behalf and then Abraham just stands there how is she pregnant who's been in my tent and it was Abraham the old man himself and Sarah who never could have a child even when she was 15 was now having a child close to 100. Why? God can overpower any cancer, any word of the enemy, any generational curse. Our God can overpower, override, and break anything known to man because he's just God. Go ahead and kill me, Jesus said. Bury me in a, in a borrowed tomb, but on the third day, my God, El Shaddai, is going to bring me back to life. And the graves in Jerusalem is going to bust open, and thousands are going to raise from the dead in Jerusalem and preach about seeing me get into paradise and set the captives free. Why? Because he's just God. And how do you know all these different things are going to work? Because he's God. How do you know you're going to get a job? Because he's God. How do you know that God's going to supply your needs? Because he's God. He's God. He is God. He is my God. He's a God that I believe in and trust. And when you get a hold of Romans chapter 4, and you continue reading all these scriptures, all the way to uh, verse 25, when it says that he, had, he was handed over to die because of our sins, that he was raised to life to make us right with God, we get to get a hold of all of his benefits and realize that everything Jesus did, he did for you and I. Because of God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. So that's, that's all I can get to tonight on that. But I want you to get a hold of that. That for, from 75 to 95, we see that he staggered. But when he got a revelation in 17.1 of El Shaddai, the one who reserves the right to govern natural laws, the one who can override and excel all natural laws, he staggered not at the vision of El Shaddai. Let's stand. So I tell you what, you get a hold of this and you study on these names and characters of our God 
and you come understand he says you'll get to know my name you'll get to know the meaning of my name you'll get to know another side of me you get to know another part of my character and as you meditate upon me and as you praise me as you see me as the God of all gods I tell you, your faith a grow how many feel like your faith's already grown tonight how many feel like man you're ready to take all the hell on and you know the devil cannot do nothing about it glory be to God how many feel right now that the power of almighty El Shaddai is on your side and with you and all things are possible to him that believe so you just go ahead and raise your hands right now and just praise him and thank him that he is the God the all-sufficient one the one who hears your cry your inner cry the one who knows every part of you even to the deepest part of your soul the cry that's coming out that needs to be made whole he's the one who knows exactly where you are what you need and how to give it to you and how to get it to you he's the God who can override all laws all rules all things made so that you can have it he's the God he's promised us healing he promised us blessing he promised us provision so that when we see that Abraham had nothing at all to work with everything was listen to me now everything was against Abraham getting what God promised everything was against Abraham receiving the promises of God everything said it could never happen Everything was pointing towards it'll never be. Everything pointed to the excuses are bigger than the promises. Everything said there's no way this will ever happen to poor Abraham and Sarah. God said even in the midst of all the excuses and all the reasons and all the reasoning and all men's wisdom cannot stop me from overriding it all and doing it anyway so father we just take this faith to heart now and we believe and we confess that you are the glorious one you are the mighty one you're the powerful one you're the all-sufficient one and every area of our life we rest and trust that you are that strong high tower we can run to and are safe. Whoever is here tonight, whatever need they have, you can override it all and perform it because you're God. So it's you that we trust and we rejoice and we worship in. Worship the one true God knowing that you're all powerful and you can do it. And we praise you, our Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. That's as far as we can get tonight. But listen, love you and I bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you, anoint you with all and pray for you. The prayer team's here to, ready to pray for you and minister to you. So we thank you so much for coming out on this night. We bless you. Have a great week. Be made whole. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.